All right, and welcome to this special episode of Real Estate Fight Club. This series is called What Would You Do?, where we talk about ethics and professional standards committee cases, violations, updates, all things ethics. And here with me today, yes, here with me today is Rachel Real of Rachel Real Real Estate in Chicago. Hey, Rachel. Morning, Jen. How are you? Good. How are you today? I'm good. It's a good Monday so far. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) What do you got for us? So today we're going to talk about Article 1 as it relates to the change of the Code of Ethics that was put into place in January of 2020. Okay. And it kind of centers around when you have, especially in multiple offers, uh, you've got multiple offers, your seller obviously only takes one. So then you have, you know, maybe two, maybe eight, maybe 36 other ones that they didn't accept. Right. So what is your obligation as a listing agent to the buyer's agent slash buyer's Uh, with regard to presenting that offer and providing written confirmation that you've done that. Oh, (laughs) I didn't, I didn't know that you had to provide written confirmation that you've done it. How? Yes. Okay. So this, well, this was a change to the code of ethics and it's just a couple of words. Okay. It's a change to the code of ethics that was made in January of 2020. Like a year ago. Right. Just over a year ago. So there are a lot of people still that don't even realize that that was added to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the key word is being written confirmation. Okay. So as a, as a listing agent, you've got a bunch of different offers. If I'm, as a, if I'm a buyer's agent and I ask you, well, was my offer presented up until this change? You could just say, yes, it was presented or no, it wasn't. My seller didn't want to see it, whatever that is. Okay. But you could also be blowing smoke. So we don't know if you're being honest <laughs> never or lie. not. Agents never right. lie. They don't. Ever. No, no. No agent so, ever. So we had to make a change to the code of ethics to ensure that they don't, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or if they are going to lie, that they're now required to put it in writing. Okay. So, so the code of ethics, article one essentially says you must be honest. You must, you must represent your client, but you must be honest doing it. So when representing a buyer, seller, landlord, tenant, or other client as an agent, realtors pledge themselves to protect and promote the interests of their client. This obligation to the client is primary but it does not relieve realtors of their obligation to treat all parties honestly. When serving a buyer, seller, landlord, tenant, or other party in a non-agency capacity, realtors remain obligated to treat all parties honestly. Can we back up and define honesty first? Because I feel like they're, like honesty can be like your flat out, well, lying can be like your flat out not telling the truth, right? Right, right. But I think a caveat that a lot of people miss is like, not like omission of something, even though you're not flat out lying to me is still lying. It depends on what that is. So, I mean, give me an example of what you would, you, what you would classify as falling under that category. I don't know, because I'm thinking like every example I'm thinking, like it would need to be disclosed in disclosures, right? Right. And I think kind of that's where more of that kind of comes up is, is you know, at, when you look at the disclosure at face value, do you have a problem with your, with your shower? No, right. I don't have a problem with my shower. But if I don't caulk it on a regular basis, I could have a leak. Well, does that mean you have a defect or does that mean that it's obvious that ongoing maintenance is going to be required? Because if you don't caulk a shower, of course, it's common sense as it's going to go into the basement or the, the floor below. Yeah, so but like, are you let's say it's that, like that, a know? drain. Okay, because yeah. okay, let's say it's like a drain on the outside and you have like, um, or, or gutters, you have to clean mm-hmm. them. I would say if it's like you, if they have to be cleaned 
or free of debris more often than commonly. Right. Yes. I know where you're going. So if you say, yes, any, on any house, cleaning the gutters is going to be something that you're going to need to do on a regular basis. However, if your house is susceptible to bigger problems, if you don't clean those, there's some houses you can walk into the front door and you see the gutters and they got trees, five inches growing into them and the basement's bone dry. Right. On the flip side, I could have three leaves in my gutter and I've got a flooded basement. Right. So I don't necessarily think that that's a disclosure issue or something you have to address necessarily, but as a, as a, as a good, nice person, do I want to say to the next person buying my house? It's not, there's no defect. There's no disclosure issue here. Just a heads up. Yeah. You've got to stay on top of the gutters here. Cause if you don't, you're more susceptible to problems than maybe the next guy or the next 10 guys, Right. you know, okay. common courtesy, I would say would be more of that category. Interesting. I don't know. Maybe that's a different podcast. That's all. That's also gone. So So let's, (laughs) yeah. Common sense isn't common and common. Okay. So let's go back to the issue at hand. So where you have a multiple, we have multiple offer situation, the seller, the seller accepts an offer. That's obviously that contract's buttoned up. Maybe they have a backup offer, whatever, all that's buttoned up. So what do you do with the rest? Now the new code says that it has to be written verification that it's not accepted. Right. So standard of practice 1-7 breaks it down a little further and says when acting as listing brokers, realtors shall continue to submit to the seller slash landlord all offers and counteroffers until closing or an execution of a lease unless the seller or landlord has waived this obligation in writing. That we know. Even if we're a week before closing, if you get an offer, you're still obligated to present that to the seller. Mm -hmm. Of course, the seller is probably going to say, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to close in a week. However, this is what the or the unless part of the it's code like is. over asking, and they're like, "Well, how do I get out of the other one?" Oh my God, you're not getting out of out of a contract over asking if it comes down to only money. But even then, you've got to be within that beginning part of the contract here, right? So, in, in Illinois, our contract states that you've got five business days for that attorney review period, where an attorney can cancel a contract for any reason. Okay, but it can, but it does state it can be for anything other than the amount of money. Okay. Because otherwise you'd have people selling their houses and they get a higher offer. They cancel that one. Then they're just going to get another one and they could continually cancel on people for no good reason other than the fact that they want more money. Right. So that's the only, the only elimination from that uh, contingency in that, in that contract. Okay. So the additional part that was added to the code, it says upon written request of a cooperating broker who submits an offer to the listing broker, the listing broker shall provide as soon as practical, a written affirmation to the cooperating broker stating that the offer has been submitted to the seller slash landlord or a written notification that the seller or landlord has waived the obligation to have the offer presented. So in any other, before this was part of the code, you'd get a, you'd get a bunch of offers. Yes. I presented all the offers. My client chose to accept number one. If, if offer number five who didn't get it says, hey, can you please send me written confirmation? You are obligated as soon as practical to reply to that agent and say in writing, whether it's a text message, an email, mm-hmm. a letter, whatever you want it to be, but a text message is sufficient because they then have proof that you've, right. you've received it and you're now confirming that they've, it's been presented, the seller's declining it. Right. What can't happen, and I don't know if your contracts have the same thing, our contracts are 13 pages long Jesus. on the bottom. I know. Right. But it does include all of the writers and all of the optional stuff. So we really only use about eight pages of it. The rest okay. of it's wasted trees. 
But on the bottom of page 13, there's a, a box at the bottom that says the offer was presented to the seller at this date and time. The seller has opted to decline the offer at this date and time, then they initial it. Not everyone uses that. Right. And you're not required to use it. Okay. So you there's agents that look at this and go, well, it says you need a written request. You know, I'm giving you a written request that the sellers decline the offer. I want page 13. This does not mean this this new addition to the code does not mean that the listing agent is obligated to require the seller to sign that and send it back to you. You can't force a seller to sign anything. Right. So if you've got 37 offers, are you really going to prepare 37 no. page 13s and have them sign off on all of them? No, no, more than likely not. No, best practices. That's another story. Yeah. However, this just means that you're not, you're not required to send them that back that last page that says it was declined. You're okay. only required to give them written confirmation that it was presented and that the seller is choosing to decline it and, or show them something from the seller that says seller as of this date does not want to see any more offers. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break. Um, talk about our partners real quick, and then we'll talk about those best practices of what you can do. Sound good? Great. Sounds good. So there's two partners I want to tell you about today. One is Ghost Poster, which a lot of you know that you should be um, putting stuff out on social media, but you get flustered about what you should put up. So Monica started a company called Ghost Poster and every day she sends an email to you and all you have to do is copy and paste. It's super simple. Go to mycoachmonica.com, enter invite club and get a discount on that. And then the second one is my coach, Coach Sean Kitchens. He is offering a free business a 30 minute business assessment of your business to help you figure out what are your blinders, what's stopping you from getting your goals and um, helping you figure out a way so that you can get your goals. So go to callcoachkitchens.com, enter in Fight Club so you can get that assessment for free. All right, Monica, Monica, Jesus, Rachel. <laughs> I answer to whatever. Whatever. <laughs> what, um, okay, so let's talk about best practices. I was thinking like in reality, a best practice, especially if you like live in a super litigious state or your seller seems super litigious, I think getting that back page signed where it says like not accepted makes right. I mean, we all, we've all been through, I mean, if you've been in this business long enough too, you know, if you're, you have an offer maybe coming in from an agent who, you know, is a little bit more. I don't want to say strict in their standards, but you know, it might require, you might, a little you might bit be more better Karen. off. <laughs> maybe, right. Maybe you've got a Karen. So maybe in that case, it's just better to get even just that one initial and send it back so that you can say, yes, there is no question. Mm-hmm. This is where it was presented. The seller declined. Here's the page 13 that shows that we're done. So, yeah. right. But I think right. in reality, like, like you said, if you've got a bunch of offers, it's like, Right. I mean, it's, I had a buyer that was part of a 37 house offer, you know, earlier in the spring this year. Am I really going to expect the listing agent to go no. get 36 signatures? Probably not. I mean, that would just be nuts, you know, on the other. So that this is kind of what takes the place of that. Can you at least send me something in writing that says, Hey, I presented the offer. The sellers declined it. Or yeah. that says the seller is not, doesn't want to see any more offers. They're three Whatever weeks. In, they just yeah. they asked me not to see anymore. They don't, yeah, they don't care. That's it. It's pretty and easy. Things, yeah. This, this stuff comes up when you've got marking conditions that favor a seller. Mm-hmm. So earlier this year, almost everywhere across the country, we saw a crazy spike in 
tons of buyer interest, not enough inventory. Therefore, you've got tons of houses that are going under contract in three seconds, three minutes, three days, whatever it is. And you've got a lot of buyers who are unhappy. So just because the buyer's unhappy does not mean they've got recourse to go after the agent for something. I mean, they're going to be angry, but this is also the season for for ethics complaints too, because now we're usually a couple months behind. Mm -hmm. I've got ethics hearings lined up for the next two months and there's a lot of them. So there's also a season cases. Right. We might, let's hope so. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, but you've got, you know, if you've got an agent that's angry that says, Hey, my buyer didn't get it. You didn't sign on page, page 13 to send it back to me. Well, they're not required to. Yeah. That's all there is to it. They're not required to do that because they can't force the seller. Right. So this kind of closes the gap between that. Now, if you say, Hey, can you send me proof that the offer was submitted? This is why I always follow up with phone conversations with a text or an email per our conversation. Right. Here's, you know, here's the information so that I can go back and track things that way. Yeah. There's been a lot of times where those have come in real handy Mm -hmm. in situations where we're trying to backtrack stuff. Um, But yeah, a quick text message that just says, yeah, it's been presented or no, it hasn't. And here's why is all you need to do to fulfill your ethics violation or your ethics, you know, requirement. Don't violate ethics. Don't violate it. (laughs) So best practices, if you've got two or three, why not have the seller? They're going to sign off on a contract, put the extra two or three pages in there. Because it's a pain in the ass, Rachel. Here's what I do. It's a couple extra steps. I know. Just email or text the agent and be like, they're accepting another offer. We'll let you know if something falls through. Absolutely. That's it. You know, right. I don't know. Uh, right. Right. I would say I can count. On, I, I would say it's about 50, 50 in whether in instances where I've used the, the, the seller declines, you know, paragraph at the end of the page 13 and I haven't. So it's, it's a toss up, you know, yeah, it just I've depends only used on it a few times too. If an agent yeah. pushes back, be like, you know what, this is why they didn't take your offer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you should be in a Karen and you're the they, don't want, they don't want to, don't want to deal with it. You know, but again, <laughs> if somebody asked me for that, I'll say, hey, you know what? I'll call the seller. I have no problem calling the seller and saying, hey, would you mind? They're asking, you know, for for written confirmation that they received you received their offer and that you're declining it. There is a spot for that. Would you mind throwing some initials in there? Yeah. 99% of the time, the sellers are fine with that. Yeah, right. That's true. If you ask them to to sign 37 of them, it might be a different story. (laughs) You know, so Um, the intent for that was was just to be, if you're going to lie, we're going to ask you to put it in writing. Agreed. That makes sense. That way. Yeah. That way, when these people that find way. each other at a Christmas party, you know, next year and they talk about it because we've had cases where that's happened. Right. So-and-so met the other so-and-so at a Christmas party and now they're, they're angry because this didn't happen. Right. No, that's you true. Know. All right, Rachel. Well, yes. if people want to get a hold of you or they have a referral for you in Chicago, what is the best way? Best way to reach me is by cell phone, uh, text or call 630-542-8688. Lovely. Well, have a good rest of the day. You too. Thanks, ma'am. See ya. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.